back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Well, just a couple weeks away from the Oregon Ducks season opener against uh, Bruce Barnum in Portland State. Road trip to Lubbock week two. Talked about that in the opening segment. Time to get time to get fired up for that. Time to get ready. Time to get to know the enemy if you're a Duck fan because that that Lubbock game week two is going to determine a, a lot of things up until the, the Washington game. Uh, and then in 2024, of course, Oregon's going to be playing in the Big Ten Conference. What's that going to look like? What to make of the the future of the rivalry with the Beavers and everything in between. Uh, You're going to talk about it now with a member of the Oregon Ducks Hall of Fame athlete extraordinaire, broadcaster extraordinaire, Jordan Kent Skills Camp uh, founder and leader. And Jordan Kent joining us on the show right now. Jordan, great to talk to you again, my friend. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Great to catch up with you. How you doing, my man? Man, I'm good. I'm really good. I keep seeing the Talking Ducks tweets and the uh, the teasing of when the show returns here in a few days and the countdown with all the Ducks jersey numbers. Today was Keenan Howry, one of my favorites uh-huh. growing up. 15 days out, 15 for Keenan Howry. Man, how excited are you that we're we're getting closer to football season? You know, it's it's very exciting. It got here quick, and... You know, for this being the swan song, potentially, for the Pac-12 conference as we know it, it's going to be really exciting just looking at the talent we got at the quarterback positions, a lot of the parity at the top. Um, it's it's set to be one of the more exciting years in recent memory, and, you know, it's great to have the Ducks right in the mix of things, as well as the Beavers and Huskies, especially if you're a fan here in the Northwest. So, yeah, can't wait. Um, it always feels like it's such a treat at the end of the summer and that first day of college football season is almost like Christmas morning for a lot of us here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Lay it out for our listeners. What can they expect from you? Uh, play by play wise. I know that you were, you were just uh, tweeting out some involvement with CBS sports this fall, man. That's exciting. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I've got about half a dozen games with CBS sports net play by play for college football and, Got some really fun games lined up and excited to share those once we can announce them, but just a great opportunity. And I've really enjoyed the work I've done with Pac-12 Network and obviously the future of the network. Who knows what it's going to be after this next sports season, but to continue to get more work with CBS Sportsnet's been great. Did a lot of basketball games with them last year, a lot of Mountain West conference action too, where you get some really good games with, you know, those environments you have in New Mexico and San Diego State. So should be a blast and college football something I obviously hold near and dear to my heart and getting a chance to call a game I love is definitely something I'm honored to do tell you what I love it when you're on a call because you bring passion you bring uh, energy and you're a very very comfortable voice to listen to and uh, and hear football from and on top of that all you, you played the game at such a high level. You were a, a three-sport athlete at Oregon, the first time that someone's lettered in three sports at Oregon since World War II. So you know what the hell you're talking about, Jordan Kent. So I appreciate that as well. <laughs> With that being said, like I know I know that's the Jordan Kent brand. I know what to expect from a Jordan Kent called game. And, 
yet in the background of this whole summer has been so much off the field stuff. It's been conference realignment. It's been, you know, the 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 collapse, as it were, of the Pac-12. It's been all this drama. So I'm curious for from someone that's wired the way you are that that you know, engages with the sport of college football the way that you do. How have you kind of engaged with all the other drama that's accompanied this offseason in college football and, of course, right here in the Pac-12? Well, to be honest, I was sad for a couple of days when the news came that the conference was essentially disintegrating with the departures of Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten and then the four-corner schools going to the Big 12 after Colorado made their announcement. And you kind of erase 108 years of – history that'll never take away all the accomplishments and the great names and the championships won by these great teams but there is this fraternity this brotherhood of Pac-12 athletes and such an appreciation for these athletes that have gone to these schools and these rivalries and what these big time matchups have meant and to see that go away now it's just sad it really is and I think once we saw the first domino of USC and UCLA joining a conference more than halfway across the country, that's when you knew anything could happen. And it's really unfortunate that football is the driver for so many of these decisions, Judah, because being a basketball player and being a track athlete, you know, all the travel you have for basketball and then a lot of these track meets, I really feel for the non-revenue earning sport athletes, to be honest. And what that's going to do for their travel schedules and how complicated it's going to make their seasons all because of what football has decided to do. And I think it really has taken a big chunk out of the pageantry that is college athletics. The regionality of it was something everybody appreciated and enjoyed, and now that is completely gone. You've got the Big 12 that now spans from Arizona all the way to Florida. You've got the Big 10, of course, that is from West Coast all the way to the East Coast. And, you know, I think this just opens the door up to eventual – power conferences where maybe we just have two big divisions or one big division and it's NFL light and that's just going to have a huge ripple throughout the entire collegiate athlete environment and now that we've seen schools do this which you can't fault some of them because you don't want to be in a situation where you're left without a conference it's going to embolden people to make even bigger choices and this is really just the initial snowball rolling down the hill that's going to turn into something much bigger that you or I can't predict how big and when it's going to happen, but this is certainly not the end of the change. The Oregon decision to leave in particular, if we focus on your alma mater, it it's so complex and mm-hmm. you can't blame one school for anything in particular, or you can't blame right. one school for, for all the dominoes falling. But I am curious, you know, with your ties to the university, um, the decision to leave and whether it was, you know, Oregon doing it first and Washington following, and now we're getting reports out of Seattle that it was vice versa and everyone's getting to this other war of who did it first and who followed who. And I was like, what? Are there yeah. really bragging rights for who, you know, put the last straw on the camel's back? Um, but right. but for Oregon, and, and you mentioned it, the basketball and non-football sports, from that vantage point in particular, uh, like, are you supportive of this move? At the very least, I, I can tell in your voice that you're conflicted. Well, I think given the situation that Oregon was in, you don't blame them for taking the opportunity that was in front of them. And that was to go join the Big Ten for substantially more money that was guaranteed versus potential dollars with that Apple TV deal with the Pac-12 network. But 
that was falling into that same trap that the initial Pac-12 network deal was where you were banking on subscriptions and unfortunately the timing just coincided with cord cutting way back in 2010, 2011. And so for Oregon, you had two choices. Do you join a potentially fractured Pac-12 knowing that Arizona, Arizona State, Utah might be departing? Or do you take the opportunity in front of you because you don't know when that invite is coming from the Big Ten? And I think what maybe takes the sting out of it, if you're a Duck fan, as far as, again, that term, the regionality of this, is you're now essentially guaranteed football games every year against UCLA, USC, and Washington versus years where you skipped one of the L.A. schools and you went two years without playing USC. Those are three major matchups. And then throw in there either one or four of the potential matchups against Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, that is a meaty regular season conference schedule right there, and that's going to be very exciting. The problem is, what do you do with the rivalry with Oregon State? Do you schedule them as a non-conference opponent every year? I don't know how realistic that is. I think it's much easier in the other sports where there's a lot more games where you can schedule matchups against Oregon State, certainly. And what does that mean for your chances to make the college football playoff? Is it easier being a top three team in the Big Ten, considering how big the conference is, or is it now going to be more difficult versus maybe being in the driver's seat of a Pac-12 that if it had existed and you finished in one or two or you won the Pac-12, you're essentially guaranteed a college football playoff spot. So huge ramifications, but I don't fault Oregon for doing what they did at that moment, to be honest. And I really do think they would have loved to have been part of a sustained Pac-12 if that dollar amount worked for everybody. But obviously from what we saw the dollar amount was too little too late, and that was really the catalyst for a lot of this change that happened immediately. Jordan Kent joining us. I don't got to tell you how exciting the thought is of going into some of these Big Ten stadiums and playing big-time football. Uh, you've seen it mm-hmm. firsthand. Any venues in particular that you think are uh, more exciting or more novel than others uh, for Oregon as they enter Big Ten play? Well, I mean, the two big ones are the Horseshoe and the Big House, but uh, Happy Valley, of course. Penn State, I I don't think Oregon's ever played at Penn State in one of those whiteouts, and that's a great atmosphere, but you're talking a coast-to-coast trip, essentially. And so I I think those are exciting. Obviously, a matchup against Wisconsin and Madison, that's a wonderful environment. So you do have some pretty incredible environments. You can't sleep on Iowa and Kinnick Stadium, but don't forget there's also going to be maybe some games in Bloomington, Indiana or at Rutgers. Like not every <laughs> single game is going to be this great matchup and it's going to be planes, trains, and automobiles to get there, especially if you're a fan, unfortunately. And so I, I think that's just the reality you accept in this situation is along with the big time matchups, there's also going to be a couple games that, you know, you look at the schedule, you kind of scratch your head and say, all right, well, at Minnesota, let's do this. And that's nothing against Minnesota. It's just Minnesota's not the brand that Ohio State is. Minnesota's not the brand that Michigan is. Um, you know, um, despite the great work they've done there the last couple of years, it's just that's going to resonate differently with fans that are budgeting out what games to go to during the year. Washington State came out with this hype video uh, on social media today. It's like Washington State versus everybody, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. And I, I'm a little brother, and I, I resonate with that theme you know, of uh, taking on yeah. the world. I appreciate that. You know, Oregon State is in a similar boat. 
Um, you're familiar with the Washington State culture with, with your dad coaching on the Palouse for, for quite some time in addition to his, his Oregon tenure. You know, what do you make of the position that the Cougs, the Beavs are in? And it's a little bit different than the, the Stanford and Cal positions, you know, with, with facing an uncertain future. You know, the most difficult thing for them will just be balancing the books. Um, you're talking significantly less revenue if they end up going to, say, the Mountain West Conference. Um, anything can happen. There's still some talks about restructuring and rebranding the Pac-12. Do you merge with the Mountain West? Obviously, Stanford and Cal are drivers of that. But if they can somehow remain competitive in football, given the adjustments in the budget, there's an argument that they might have a clearer path to the playoff now than they did if they were in the Pac-12. And obviously Oregon State was a handful of plays away from winning the conference. We've seen Washington State with some top 10 teams in the year. But you talk about navigating a Mountain West conference schedule versus a Pac-12 schedule, and yes, that is easier to play a Mountain West conference schedule. I think they will have to schedule up and their non-con play. And so if you look at their 12 games in the past where maybe your three non-con games were cupcakes and then you get set for nine Pac-12 games, in Judah, those nine Pac-12 games, there's probably four or five that are big-time games. That's going to be your Oregons, your Washingtons, your USC's, your UCLA's, your Utah's. Nobody was too thrilled playing Cal, playing Stanford, playing Colorado. So if they schedule up in the non-con and are – aren't afraid to go out there and play some Giants or take on some Big Ten opponents, well, they could have some pretty exciting seasons. And if they can navigate those first three weeks well and get through Mountain West play 10-1, and 9-2, and 11-0 uh, possibly, that opens up a path to them for the playoff. Um, mm. But you just feel for those two schools because I, I sit here, and there's no way when you look at all these schools that are parts of these bigger conferences, that Maryland football is at the same level as Oregon State football or Washington State football, that some of these other schools that are in the Big 12 getting these dollars are on the same footing as Washington State and Oregon State. It's just not true. And I think that's why eventually we're going to see this power conference or power league where it is the 48 best teams or the 60 best teams, then throw your hat in the ring and let's go. Um, because there's just too many valuable brands, I think, that are still sitting on the sidelines, not in these major conferences, that I think are attractive if you are to form one of these super leagues. A couple last things for you, Jordan. Appreciate your time. Week two, Oregon at Texas Tech. I mentioned in the opening segment, asking Duck fans, are you confident or are you worried about that week two game against Tyler <laughs> Tyler Shuck and the Red Raiders? Which What should Oregon fans feel for that one? I think this is a game that you've got to be – pretty worried about in the sense of anytime you're week two going to a funky environment against a player that's that quarterback and has got something to prove against you, that's something that always certainly draws some attention on the radar. And so for Oregon, you're going to be dealing with the warmer weather, of course. It's going down into a hostile environment. They're going to be packing the house to see the Ducks come in and play. But this is still a very, very good Oregon team. This is Bo Nix. This is a defense returning a lot of pieces. This is a team that's got a lot of skill position players. It's year two of Dan Lanning. They've recruited well. This should still be a game that Oregon can win, but I don't think a lot of people realize Texas Tech is a preseason top 25 team. And for anybody that's going on the road against a top 25 team in the first three weeks, hey, listen, as we used to say, 
not everything is super sharp the first three weeks of the season. You're still getting your rhythm and timing down for full speed gameplay versus what you've done in training camp. So um, this is a game if we're, I'm concerned about this one, to be honest. This is one where if you win, it's like, whew, all right, escape that one. Let's get them for conference play here after one more non-conference game. So, But it's fun. You know, bring some excitement to the uh, – non-conference, and it's a much better matchup than having to be the sacrificial lamb to Georgia to start the season, and then you kind of, you know, begin the season with a little bit of disappointment. No kidding. I was doing amateur research to find the last true road game in the state of Texas that Oregon played, you know, not in Jerry World or no bowl games or mm-hmm. anything like that, and mm-hmm. I came across 2005 season opener at Houston, and then Stephen Vaughn yeah. astutely pointed out that that game was at Reliance Stadium. So I don't know if that's yeah. technically true. I played road. in that one, so I figured so you did. Road game, not at all. No, there were more <laughs> Duck fans and Cougar fans there, to be honest. So you might have to <laughs> so, go back to '98 at Utah. That's like the, I think so. That's crazy. I think so. It's wild. That's why teams are careful about where they go on the road, but. Either way, it'll be a lot of fun for them and just one of those games that you're happy they schedule because it brings a little bit more excitement before conference play. What can fans expect with Talking Ducks? When are you guys returning, and uh, what's it going to look like? Yeah, season three um, of the revamped Talking Ducks, and we'll be coming next week on Thursday of Root Sports. We also have Talking Beavers that I executive produced. We're launching the Talking Cougars, Talking Huskies. We've got all four teams covered for the 16 weeks during football season. It'll be myself, Joey Harrington, Anthony Newman, Aaron Fentress with the Ducks coverage, and then uh, Beavers, you've got A.J. McCord, Jason Jean-Baptiste, Mike Parker, you got Alex Brink, Michael Bumpus for Talking Cougars, and then Dave Softy Mahler and Cam Cleland, yes, for <laughs> Talking Huskies. So we kind of got a pretty good all-star lineup here. Um, we're excited to get the ball rolling on this. Root's been a wonderful partner, but, you know, you're just going to get perspective and – thoughts from guys that have been there on the field that see it at that level and you know really give fans just an inside look at what to expect for the upcoming game and the breakdowns of the previous game and just a lot of those conversations that we all like to have during the week as we get set and you know raise some interesting questions and things to think about so we're pumped we're excited we got a great team that's putting it together and pretty cool that we can um, offer these four shows this year. Yeah, You and I have spent a lot of time in a radio studio talking college football on the weekends, so I, I miss those days, but uh, I love turning on uh, the TV or the YouTube channel and uh, finding you guys still uh-huh. talking ball. So congrats on that. And, uh, you know, as a Seahawks fan around preseason, I vividly remember a Jordan Kent <laughs> touchdown from Matt Hasselbeck. <laughs> What are, what are we saying? Is this 07, 08 maybe in Minnesota? Uh, 08, yeah. Yeah, 15 years ago, I'm staring at the football right in my office still to this day. So oh. maybe in preseason, but you can't take that away from me. Not Dude. too many people get a chance to score a touchdown on the NFL field, and I will take that. Jordan, I kid you not. I remember watching it live, and I was, like, so pumped as a oh. Seahawks fan. I was like, Dude, Jordan Kent just caught a touchdown from Matt Hasselbeck. Let's go. Oh, so, uh dream come true it's great to catch up with you brother have a great season we'll uh we'll talk again soon and really appreciate the time hey absolutely take it easy we'll talk to you soon there he is jordan kent joining us on the bald face truth bounce break come back react to that set up some uh some topics for hour number two and we'll check in with bob kendota seattle times ahead of seahawks cowboys preseason football next hour as well judah newbie stephen vaughn on the bald face truth